Hello everyone and welcome to yet another enlightening episode of This Week in Indian Detail. Today we have a special guest with us, Rahul Maheshwari, Director at Marble Center International or MCI. Rahul, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Pratik. It is a pleasure to be here and uh, talk to you about trends in our category and in retail uh, for general. Awesome. So with that, let's dive right into your journey and insights in the world of marble and luxury natural stones. So starting sure. off Rahul with our first question. Mm -hmm. So can you take us through the journey back to the beginnings of MCI? What was the inspiration behind the inception of MCI? And what were the pivotal milestones, you know, that shaped the brand to what it is today? Definitely Pratik. So I am currently a director at Marble Center International and second generation business owner. Um, the background story and the journey of MCI is very fascinating and dates back to almost uh, 35 years ago uh, when it was founded in 1989 um, by my father and uh, his brothers. So Marble Center was founded uh, with a simple promise of providing the most superior quality natural stones that one can ever find. This was uh, started in Bangalore, where my father moved from Rajasthan to Bangalore to sort of cater to the growing construction needs in the southern part of the country. It was founded right. on values, simple values, but strong values of transparency and integrity. And um, over the many years, the trust that the brand has accumulated uh, speaks very highly of the unwavering commitment, which my father, my uncle and the founding partners had. In terms of growth, our journey has been very exciting, where we started with Indian marble, quickly moved to Indian granite. And uh, over the many years today, we have over 600 varieties of natural stones that are imported from over 42 different countries. So these natural stones today include natural marble, granite, travertine, onyx, quartzites, and even some semi-precious stones. And uh, while the journey started uh, with one small location on Banagata Road in Bangalore, uh, today we have presence uh, with showrooms and galleries across Bangalore at six different locations and uh, of an area which is more than two and a half lakh square feet of material displays that we have. And uh, while we started off with doing projects in the neighborhood of Bangalore, we quickly expanded to the rest of Karnataka, to the other states in South India. And today we do some of the most prestigious projects across the country of the most uh, sort of noted clientele, including architects, designers, developers, hoteliers, and other HNIs. Sounds exciting, Rahul. And I'm sure it's been a great journey so far. Now moving ahead with the second question. So marble and natural stones are usually an integral part of the interior decor. And the trends in these fields are ever evolving. According to you, what are some of the most captivating trends that you're witnessing in this segment today? And how does MCI actually adopt and stay ahead by embracing these modern trends? 
Thank you, Pratik. That's actually a very valid point. One of the biggest challenges uh, and also the most exciting parts for us in part of our work is to stay on top of these trends that you've mentioned. Uh, consumer trends uh, are ever evolving and not just from time to time, but what we notice uh, is even from location to location. Being a Pan-India brand, we do see different trends in different parts of the country. Sometimes emerging, a Bombay is different from a Bangalore, a Bangalore from a Delhi. So I'll talk to you about some of the general trends that we see today, or maybe let's say this year, for example, uh, that we're seeing in decor, interior decor that is, and also along with marble. So one thing what I can sort of uh, pinpoint on is that we see a lot of new age homeowners uh, coming into this category. And uh, for the well-traveled, well-educated homeowners, uh, interior space is actually an expression of their selves. They uh, feel it's like an extension of their personality almost, where every element that is, let's say, in their home uh, should be in sync with their personal values, preferences, and tastes. So what we're seeing is a lot of dramatic, bold, and unique themes have sort of started uh, you know, creeping into interior design trends uh, over the years. And uh, this is a growing sort of fad we've seen this year. And uh, natural stone, which just uh, by the sheer power of the variety that we have, the availability of colors, characters, actually lends itself very beautifully to this personal expression of oneself. Another trend that I could highlight, uh, especially post-COVID, is with uh, the growing awareness where people have started now being a little bit more cautious, a little bit more self-aware of the products they use, of their origin, also of the process it goes through. We've noticed that there's been a slight shift towards more natural materials. So materials, of course, natural stones falls into that category. But even in the space of other materials, whether it's like veneer, for example, people are now gravitating towards materials that are more natural, that have a natural look and a natural feel to it also. Uh, this sort of ties back into the awareness that was created about just elements of nature, sustainability and eco-friendly uh, items. And uh, apart from this, uh, we've seen trends where now uh, marble generally it was very popular as a polished surface uh, material. But more importantly, now we see that people are very fascinated by the cool, exciting finishes that can be done on the surface. Uh, it's, it's about using a simple material like marble, but having some unique treatments, some creativity on the finishes that are applied onto this stone. This basically lends the material, which is very hard, but sort of give it a different form and exposes more of the natural composition of the product, the natural hues, and even the natural patterns which occur in the stone. So finishes and the variety and the designs in finishes, these have been allowed and sort of provided for by the advancement in technologies that we have seen. So, so this is another uh, growing trend that we're seeing uh, in the last year or so. 
And um, another major thing which we have taken note of and sort of worked towards is the growing importance of retail when it comes to marble. Now, given that marble is a luxury product and uh, for most people, it is a significant investment, not just in terms of money value, but also in terms of time and effort. So for a product which is um, of this very high involvement category, we feel that the consumers want to come in, they want to sort of see the product, touch it, feel it, and almost live it in some physical sense before they actually make that purchase decision. So the whole importance of retail, especially in this luxury category, has picked up significantly. And as Marble Center, we have made investments in this segment so that we can stay on top of these consumer trends and provide to them what they require, the ever sort of demanding consumer, as we call them. Great, Rahul. I think uh, the approach sounds fascinating. And definitely the luxury retail category is growing like anything. And your products play a very important role in the entire interior space. Now, moving ahead, as we understand, you know, a cornerstone of MCI is also your commitment to excellence and consumer satisfaction. Now, can you talk a bit more specifically about how this commitment is ingrained in the day-to-day -day ops at MCI and how these experiences actually provide value to the end consumers? Sure, Pratik. So definitely consumer excellence, and I'll take it a step uh, before also. For Marble Center, we've always been about product excellence uh, for the three and a half decades that we've been in existence. Product excellence has just been merely around the right quality, the right product, and providing the maximum sort of design options to a consumer. More recently, we've seen a shift away from product uh, to consumer and the customer that is, and keeping him at the focus and at the core of things. So uh, most of our investments, whether it is in terms of our sales professionals, our marketing professionals, and even our infrastructure and facility now is focused towards consumer um, excellence and customer service. Uh, the biggest testament to that uh, and the most recent development is the experience center where uh, we've showcased the product in a variety of applications and uh, displays, basically empowering the customer to visualize the product better, for him to understand the various possible applications and potential of the product, and more importantly, to gain the right knowledge about the product so that he can make a well-informed decision. So our sales teams are there guiding the customers through this process, sort of walking hand in hand and making it more of a collaborative process because it involves design, it involves technology, and it involves a bit of understanding of material that generally does not have too many standard ways, ways of measuring quality on. Yeah, that sounds uh, exciting, Rahul. And in fact, I happened to notice that IREC recently awarded one of these experience centers to be one of the best retail locations across India. So I'm fascinated to ask you, what is the creative process been like for setting up this? And what was the end impact actually on the consumers when they first visited this store or this experience center as a location? 
Yes, Pratik. So Arik actually did notice the experience center, and I think uh, they look at it more from a retail and luxury angle. So the experience center, I'll tell you in a nutshell, is one of its kind in the country, simply because it was designed keeping the customer at the core, uh, from the point of entry into the premises to the point of dispatch and sale. Every activity, every flow, every sequence had been almost designed into the layout of this facility. So um, the whole vision of the experience center was simply to showcase natural stones in all its glory. And all, it was almost to give the product like the true value and worth that it deserves. Marble is a luxury product. Um, it sort of is the category between semi-precious stones and building materials. So we felt that this category does need the right display to showcase the power of its designs, the versatility of its materials to the end consumer. So the experience center was designed keeping that vision in mind. And a lot of consumer psychology also played into how this was designed. Um, just to simply, we look at it as a threefold thing where we need to awe the customer with just the material displays, the applications, where we can sort of inspire them to look at the designs and try and incorporate some of those in their own projects. And finally, like we discussed, to simply empower them with the right knowledge. So we've looked at it as a overall experience where the consumer sort of comes in and leaves with a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling at the end, which basically just throws them in awe of the product and the category altogether. And this has precisely been the kind of feedback that we have received, not just from consumers, but also a lot of the architects and designers uh, who are the top in class from across the country. Right, Raul. So I think uh, the experience center has been definitely fascinating and would love to visit myself also in the coming days. Now, moving ahead with your journey, Raul, it's been quite an exciting journey. I've heard you come from a professional journey background of the banking sector uh, across various locations and international studies as well in the similar segment. And then you led MCI into being quite remarkable through this distinctive experience. How has your diverse experience across these sectors actually influenced your approach towards guiding MCI? And uh, how do you think, you know, your flavor actually impacted, you know, the perception which is there today? Sure, Pratik, yes. That's a very valid question. And a lot of people actually ask me that because uh, I have this varied experience, not just professionally, but also education-wise. A very common question that gets asked is, did any of that actually get implemented when you got into the world of business and work? <laughs> I'm sure. But, yes. it, but um, I mean, the way I look at it, it is, of course, you learn a whole bunch of business concepts and you apply them at work. Uh, while these might not be directly applicable to your own business sometimes, it's a lot about the framework, uh, the mindset and the approach that gets ingrained in your education and work experiences. Uh, for example, when I, my college was between the UK and the US, so I have had the opportunity to work with diverse set of people from different backgrounds, different professional capacities. and. Um, through my work experiences, especially in banking and consulting, I did get exposed to a variety of industries uh, and sectors 
which opened up my mind in terms of what all is possible out there, how different categories have like peculiar, um, you know, points about themselves, which sort of make or break the business within that category. So these were things which I picked from my professional experiences. Um, some part of my education in the US involved a lot of innovation and entrepreneurship also. So again, it was about the mindset around how to look at things, how to challenge yourself and how to sort of think uh, out of the ordinary. So this innovation today, I do sort of get enough opportunity in the existing setup to make those amendments, to have that new technology coming in, to look at things in a more creative way. Because of course you are in a legacy business, which has been there for more than three and a half decades, but there is enough happening outside in the world uh, in terms of advancements that need to be understood, captured, and then sort of implemented in your own business. Yeah, makes sense, Rahul. And I think what you've done at MCI is definitely, you know, a benchmark for maybe a lot of other entrepreneurs in this segment specifically, you know, in growing markets like India. So I would like to ask next to you about your passion for technology and innovation and, you know, how your entire vision for technology has actually shaped the future of MCI. And how do you think MCI is hereby, you know, differentiating itself into this category? So let's get more into that. Definitely Pratik. So like we were just talking technology and innovation, I feel is like an uh, endless sea, right? There's just so much happening out there in the world. It's only, it's only about how much you can consume the data, how much you can make sense of it. And more importantly, how much you can use within your everyday life and business. So our category is fairly, um, not as structured, I would say. Uh, the marble category, especially in India, and um, which actually presents a lot of opportunity for us to use, deploy, and almost exploit the technology that's available. Our supply chain, if you had to think of, is actually, um, you know, sort of going all the way back to a quarry, let's say in Italy or Turkey, maybe even a remote country like, let's say, Albania, for example. and. Or at the other end, you have this luxury building material segment where you're talking to the who's who of the country. You're sort of living in the world of glamour and uh, where technology, of course, is a lot more accepted. So there are multiple ways in which technology is getting deployed in our businesses. Um, in a very crude sort of format, it is the advancements made in machinery, whether that is in the extraction of the raw material at the quarries, or in terms of processing of the material, which is what actually gives the product its durability and long life um, at the sort of factory and quarry side of things. And at the other end, we have a lot of technology that we use, which is consumer facing. A big thing about our product is being able to visualize the beauty of the stone, visualize its application, and then sort of uh, help the customer render it in his minds. So we do have a lot of technology on the consumer facing side, which is, um, with the help of visualization tools, a lot of artificial intelligence tools, which are there now, and just software that helps people collaborate and design together. These are some of the basic technologies that we use, which are out there at either end of the supply chain. And internally we have been streamlining a lot of our processes 
whether it is on the finance systems, whether it is uh, around uh, accounting and sort of inventory management. Advantage for us being in Bangalore is that we are at the sort of hub of it all. So we do try to sort of uh, be on top of what is the newest technology. And with the sort of trial and error method, we implement these across the organization and the multiple locations that we have. Yeah, sounded great, Rahul. And uh, I think the entire experience so far has been great. And technology definitely plays a pivotal role. And your experience definitely helped the brand, you know, uh, empower the entire organization and supply chain with all of this. Now, moving ahead to our next question. So let's understand a bit more about what MCI is doing beyond just business, right? So as a larger organization in this space, I'm sure there is a sense of, you know, social and environmental responsibility. And uh, you already you know, spoke to us about sustainable practices of doing business or contributing to the society. So how does MCI look at this? And I'm sure you would have also brought in some experience along with the, uh, you know, the legacy business into the space. And I'm sure a lot of the ethical values of the family management also helps into this. So let's talk more about that. Yes, Pratik, that's a very valid question and also a tricky one. When, when someone thinks of marble, they don't really think of sustainable or environment friendly. It's basically because of the visual image they have in their minds of these quarries, which are there across the world. But I'll shed some light on how we look at sustainability and the practices we follow. Uh, we work with several quarries across the world, but a lot of these quarries do have licenses to extract material. And these licenses are given with quotas or limitations. That means uh, there is a proper geological survey done and materials and regions which are supportive of extraction are the ones which are permitted to sort of take this kind of extraction from the quarries forward. So we are a little selective about the quarries in the regions we work in. And uh, beyond just the extraction of the material, uh, we need to look at the material as something that's natural, which is less processed, not manufactured in a way. And the sort of resources consumed to get this product to life is far lesser than any other manufactured product in terms of the chemicals that go into it, in terms of the energy that's required to process it. Um, these are things which sort of make marble a fairly more environment friendly product in the longer term. And if done right in terms of quality of processing, the life of the product is actually far more superior than let's say tiles or a wooden flooring, for example. Hence, the wastage that's there from usage of the product uh, is far less and more uh, inexpensive in that way. So if you look at the overall carbon footprint, if you actually had to calculate it from end to end, I think uh, marble as a category would be much uh, lesser only because it is processed, it's natural, and it's something which we're just sort of extracting and using uh, uh, for our construction purposes. And beyond that, some of the practices that we follow, um, the factories we're working with across the world are the ones which invest in the right machinery. Uh, this is very important because the right machinery gives you the right process and quality, quality that is built for life, 
lesser wastage on the water consumption in these machines, lesser wastage or lesser consumption of the electricity itself. So um, I think plants which have invested in this kind of technology are also doing the process required, but at a lesser carbon footprint uh, or impact on the environment altogether. Yes, great Rahul, and I'm sure MCA is doing a great job in terms of giving back to the society and in terms of being fairly sustainable despite being in uh, this segment. So kudos to the team for that. You know, we would like to know what is the grand vision for the future for MCI? I'm sure there are a lot of listeners and young entrepreneurs who would like to understand uh, what are the strategies you have in place to turn your vision into reality, not just uh, within India, but on a larger global level. And like, what are your mantras for success in general? You know, what is your advice for entrepreneurs out there? Sure, Pratik. So definitely the vision for MCI is uh, ambitious. Uh, I'm part of the second generation, so there's many years ahead of us. And uh, we take pride and we look at ourselves as an international company, but with roots uh, deeply found in Indian values. So having said that, we want to position MCI as a luxury lifestyle solutions brand, where we're doing not just one product category, but several and not just products, we're talking about services and solutions altogether in its entirety going forward. Uh, we are investing in those directions right now in terms of expanding our product portfolios, uh, doing the right uh, investments in R&D and uh, technology to advance these as well. And uh, this is something that we'd like to take forward and increase our footprint from India to across the world as well. We want MCI to be revered as one of those brands where when someone thinks of a luxury building material, they think of MCI right away. So that's, that's sort of the vision we have going forward. And uh, more importantly, there is a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who are looking for inspiration, are trying to sort of make things work for themselves too. Uh, yes, absolutely. They are. <laughs> yes. The only advice I can sort of uh, have for them is um, it's important to have clarity on the direction you're moving in. It's very important that you sort of know the bigger picture, but at the same time, have a hold on the ground realities at an execution level. There are plenty of great ideas out there, but uh, if the execution is not something that is well thought through, then the idea might actually never see uh, the light of day also. So, so that's my simple sort of uh, advice that I could share. Uh, get clarity on this, keep an image, keep a sort of view on the bigger picture, uh, but more importantly, the execution. And uh, it's important to take that first plunge. Once you do, um, you will sort of figure out what's working, what's not, and be able to course correct from there. Yeah, thanks, Raul, for the enlightening uh, statement. And of course, I'm sure it will make sense to a lot of entrepreneurs out there. So thanks for that. Now, before we conclude, just want to understand from you, what do you think about the growth of retail in India in the future? 
and specifically about this category of interiors and home decor and as businesses as consumers what's there in the future for us you know what do we behold ahead sure pratik yes so i definitely feel the future for retail market in india is very exciting uh it really depends on how you define retail there is different facets to it the different formats to it every week we're hearing of a new innovation new format of retail that is coming up and uh, if you look at the west this is where consumerism is moving towards also so i definitely feel retail is only here to grow um we do see online formats but offline retail especially in some categories is more important and more sort of crucial than ever before today consumers are moving towards touch feel live the product and we are sort of living in an experience driven economy so the offline format is also always going to stay it is just going to move ahead with different innovations and sort of ways of conducting it uh when we talk specifically about the interiors segment this category too has grown a lot over the last 5 to 10 years i mean just in our category itself you didn't hear of too many marble experience centers or showrooms or galleries maybe 10 years ago but this is what the consumer needs and this is how our segment has kept up with this we do see similar progress whether it's in the carpet segment the veneer segment even building materials which is sort of hidden uh take for example your pipes or your cables even these brands are investing enough to get the brand visible to the end consumer to get them to sort of you know again like live the product press that right. switch right. interact with it before they can sort of make that decision so i think consumerism is moving towards getting informed uh and sort of having the knowledge before they make that investment and retail in the more sort of traditional formats will only grow because this is a requirement which i don't think will sort of fade away great thank you so much rahul for being here and for sharing your incredible journey and insights about mci with all of us i think you've not just told us about mci but also enlightened us a lot about the interiors and the decor category as a whole so i'm sure mci is on a trajectory to redefine luxury living and inspire positive changes into the industry thank you so much once again Thank you Pratik thank you for having me the pleasure was all mine and uh, had a great time sort of conversing and sharing my thoughts with you thank you Rahul that's a quick wrap for this week if you're interested in being on our podcast to share your retail experience or to reflect on the new developments you can connect with me over linkedin at pratik malik keep listening to us and do share with your peers in the retail ecosystem see you in the next one